This program is brought to you by Pussy Magnets. Oh, hey! Welcome, 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 my lovely lumps. Or should I say lovely labs? I don't know, they're both good. (laughs) I'm so thrilled to have you here in the Labia Lounge to yarn about all things sexuality, womanhood, holistic health, and everything in between. Your legs. (laughs) Oh, cringe. I couldn't help myself. Anyway, I am your host, Freya Graff, and I am a holistic sex coach and educator and yoni mapping therapist. So basically, I make my living massaging vaginas and teaching people about sex. Yeah, pretty cool. (laughs) So as you can imagine, we are going to have vag loads of real chats with real people about real shit. So buckle up, you're about to receive the sex ed that you'd never had and have a bloody good laugh while you're at it. Before we get stuck in though, I would like to respectfully acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm recording this podcast, the Manang people. It's an absolute privilege to be living and creating dope podcast content on Noongar country, and I pay respect to their elders past, present, and emerging. Now, if y'all are ready, let's flap and do this. Oh, is there such thing as having too many vagina jokes in the one intro? Whatever. I'm leaving it in. It's my podcast. Don't panic, you're not broken. Your sex education was a piece of shit. Get your flaps out and pull the couch. It's the Labia Lounge. What is up, you labial legends? I'm so stoked to have you back in the lounge um, for some good times and great classic hits. Because today I have a guest who I regularly get mad chuckles from watching speak and who I know has a lot of fab and juicy tips and stories and teachings to share with us on the topic of keeping it salsy as a mum. So sharing couch space with me today, I have Tamika Wilder, aka the Orgasmic Mama, who is a somatic sexologist. Hello. Um, and I'm going to just give you a little rundown on, on Tamika's jam. So she's a somatic sexologist and multi-qualified therapist with a deep passion for teaching humans to reattune to the wisdom of our bodies while giving full permission to shamelessly prioritize pleasure and play. Yum! And Tamika believes that our current cultural narratives on sex, intimacy, pleasure and relationships need a damn good shake-up. Reach! Um, and she's committed to leading the charge by bringing her 18 plus years of facilitation and group work experience to guide with compassion, humor, gentleness, love, and curiosity in all that she does. And I can really attest to this. Like, I adore your work, Tamika. I think it's so grounded and you have such a humorous, relatable approach. I even ordered a few copies of your your book, Wild Honey, to send to friends as gifts last year. So I'm really thrilled to be welcoming you into the lounge today, you badass sexy mama. Thank you for being here. So great to be here. Thank you very much for having me. This is one of my favorite tasks and activities, podcasts. Seriously, like if I could just talk all day, that's me. <laughs> that's <the> fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, same. When I started this podcast, I was like, oh, my God, I have found my 
my thing. This is like, this encompasses all my favorite things in one. I wish I could just make a living off it. Alas, unless you're Joe Rogan or like Tim Ferriss, that's not really a thing. But um, yeah, it's a fun time. So I'm stoked to be chatting with you. (laughs) So for the episode, I'd love to cover the topic of being like a sexually fulfilled mother, how to get your mojo back once you become a parent um, and how to maintain a balance that allows you to prioritize and enjoy your own pleasure and retain your sexual identity, you know, after becoming a mum, because I know this is something that so many struggle with, understandably so. Um, And so we're going to chat about the common reasons and blocks that mums often face when it comes to sex, the belief systems and narratives that frame mothers as like basically being asexual and just demonize women for prioritizing their own pleasure or needs as sexual beings. And then we'll talk about what to do about this and, you know, discuss the way through and forward. And I'm going to get your best tips on conquering these blocks to being a sexy, satiated and nourished mama. Good. Sound good? Yes. (laughs) Um, Rad. So I'm not a mum yet, um, which is why I'm really grateful to be interviewing someone who is not only a mum but is also an expert in the topic of you know, mama sex. So first off, I'd just love to hear a little bit about your journey with motherhood and how you've come to successfully integrate these different elements of your life. Mm, Yes. You know, I feel like in many ways, my journey to, to this type of integration really was solidified after giving birth. So I feel like my whole life, you know, I've been someone who's, um, been really, intrigued about lifting the lid on taboos and like really saying it how it is and getting to the core of the issue and like really really intrigued with humans and um then after I had my babies and and, you know like my sexuality was something that's been at play my whole life and and really kind of landing and grounding that piece is yeah something I've been invested in heavily for a long time but after I had the bubs my body had been through so many different initiations that I had a choice which was okay you can either just go oh well this is how it is now like that's how your bladder is that's how your pelvic floor is that's how your pleasure is um (laughs) or (laughs) I had to really choose to go no I'm going to um like heal and integrate more and learn more and feel more and it's going to be even better even better than in my 20s and it's been so much like that like it's actually way better than when I was like younger and before (laughs) my body went through all those changes so and then you know the body image piece as well like oh I don't look the same and you know stretch marks and just like my breasts Mm. after breastfeeding two babies they're not the same and all of that there's like a grief that comes with some of those changes but there's also like so much more authentic empowerment and like embodying a way Mm. different more ferocious and grounded version of um a woman you know that I couldn't Mm. access before I had my bubs so yeah it's a real sexual and sensual maturity that's occurred and that's like Mm. really dynamic and and lights me up um yeah yeah epic love that so um I am wondering like I mean I can imagine there's a lot of reasons why 
sexuality and sexual expression can yeah become pretty difficult or complicated um for people after entering motherhood and so and I also get a lot of clients who struggle with challenges like having no time to themselves or their bodies have changed so much as to be unrecognizable to them. And then this really freaks them out or gets them down. Like you were kind of talking about the, the breasts and your sort of bladder. <laughs> um, and yeah, also that, that sort of thing of like your body not really feeling like your own anymore because, you know, you're like constantly being touched and grabbed and sucked and, um, you know, have these demands on you by this little human. Um, and then like something that I notice a lot with clients is like, you know, that classic old conditioning that we receive, um, about like being a good mom or a good wife or a good woman and that being mutually exclusive with being a sexual human. Um, so we're pretty up against it. Um, and I'd just love to hear from your professional and personal experience um, what the biggest blocks usually are for mums when it comes to sex and being a sexy mum. Mm, yeah. You know, <clears throat> there really there are a few elements to it. And I think, like, firstly, I'll speak on behalf of, of the women that I see and work with. There's this real, like, I desire... I'm desiring to be more sexual. I want to feel more. I want to awaken these parts of my body and my being. Um, but so often after giving birth and becoming a mum, traumas and blocks and old narratives from the past, like, come back. So it's a real thing where it's like, oh, I didn't realise how blocked or repressed or or um, not okay I was inside of my sexuality you know, earlier in life. And now that I've birthed baby, it's like, oh no, that this was actually never amazing. It was actually never that, that juicy or never that connected. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's a big one that actually that happens and needs kind of like moving through. Um, and then it's like this whole thing around wanting to go, go back. So it's like, I want to get something back. So, thinking that you've lost a thing when actually you've just you've grounded and matured hey babe towns so sorry to interrupt but i simply had to pop my head into the lounge here and mention another virtual lounge that you've seriously got to get around it's the labia lounge facebook group that i've created for listeners of the potty to mingle in and there you'll find extra bits and bobs like freebies or discounts for offerings from guests who've been interviewed on the podcast inspiring and valuable content thought-provoking conversations and just general support from a community of labial legends it's a safe non-judgmental space where you can go to ask the questions that you can't ask anywhere else seek advice or solidarity from other like-minded folk tell stories that are usually too much for the average conversation and also play a role in shaping the podcast with your input so through this group you can submit stories that you'd like me to read out for the tmi sand in my clam and get pregnant and die segments um and as well you know you can send in questions or topics that you would like covered on the potty I'm always open to suggestions and input and you never know, you might hear your story on an episode. So my vision for the group is that it becomes a really rewarding, supportive, educational and hilarious resource for you to access and be a part of. So head over to the link in the show notes or just search up the Labia Lounge group on the old facey and I hope I see you in there. And now, back to the episode. Yeah, so some of the biggest blocks that I see is coming up against, you know, what they they should 
the shoulds. So I should be nice. I should be kind of demure. I should be, Mm. you know, wearing certain clothing. I should be just taking care of my children. And for some reason, just taking care of my children and my family doesn't include me being sexual, doesn't include me accessing my pleasure, right? Which is obviously bonkers, but it's mirrored everywhere in society. Like we don't get loads of permission outside of us. And unless you're like fully kind of invested in going, no, no, this is something I'm going to really, really work towards in my life and my world, then actually everything is set up so we don't, you know, the mental load, the stress, the logistics, Mm. the, the communities that we surround ourselves with at times, the comparison, the desire to be liked and understood and accepted, all of that will definitely dampen our ability to be in that erotic mother, to be a sexual self, to, you know, prioritise things like pleasure. And this is all types of pleasure. It's not just like um, pleasure as in masturbation or genitally focused kind of stuff. It's actually engaging a life that includes pleasure in motherhood is a radical act of self-care it's a radical revolution actually to say no Mm. actually pleasure is a big part of my life as a mother Mm. pleasure is a huge part of my life as you know a a wife and as somebody who leads a household um and so I speak a lot about Mm. how can you build pleasure into everyday life and it's about reframing what pleasure and sensuality and sexuality means to you actually I find it deeply sexual to like turn my face to the sun and um you know sip my tea extra slowly or massage my body in a different way like with a new massage oil and that feels like it's an erotic and pleasure filled Mm. moment for me right it doesn't need to be like in the throes of of orgasm or it's a deep de-armoring process mm. every day to feel like you're activating your sensual and sexual self. So it's the gems for everyday life that I really help guide mums back to. Mm, awesome. Love that. Love that. Yeah, and I'm going to ask some questions and dig a bit deeper into some kind of tips and strategies um, and, and ask you how, you know, you go about working with mums a little bit later. Right now I want to do the segment uh, Get Pregnant and Die and I'm gonna, I've never done this before. I'm trying to use this little sound pad in the podcast software app. I've loaded up my sound bite. I'm going to press it and see if it works. It's time for the segment Get Pregnant and Die. Don't have sex because you will get pregnant. And uh, don't have sex in the missionary position. Don't have, don't have sex standing up. Just don't do it. Promise? <laughs> oh, God. That is the best. Did you hear that? That was yes. coming out for me. But I can hear it. Did that kind of work? I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sweet one. So, <laughs> my internet is really struggling. Um, but anyway, do you have a story about how your sex education failed you? Maybe something you would have loved to have learned more about, just the sort of sex ed related anecdote for us. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You know what I'll talk about here? It goes like this. You ready? (laughs) It's silence. (laughs) No, no. I'm doing it right now. It's silence. It's nothing. No words, no education. No teachers, no mentors, no guides, right? Right? Nothing. Like total kind of like just ignore it. Like that I think is the biggest disservice that 
that kind of happens like through our adolescent years when a whole bunch of people are um, ignoring it, the elephant in the room, no one will talk to you about it. Um, I I think that that's just as damaging, if not in some ways more than um, saying a whole bunch of like random and incorrect stuff because it really leaves us to pop culture, media, peers, um, you know, older kids, maybe influences that aren't mm-hmm. like amazing for us, um, imagery and and pieces of kind of sexual content that we see outside of us. Mm. And so, yeah, that <laughs> that's my one. I didn't even get the message, which was don't have sex and, or have sex and die. Um, yeah, just silence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, and it's so it's so fucked up. I mean, I feel like so many parents are like, oh, that's in the too hard basket. That's sort of, um, yeah, better off just leave that one and that'll take care of itself. And it's like, wow, like firstly, that's so wrong. And secondly, like the message you're sending, like, is just that it is because we talk about fucking everything else. Your parents are constantly like, you know, nagging you about this or that or trying to chat to you about all the stuff. And then that's the one thing that they just like, it's a dead zone. And so, of course, as a kid, you're just going to like completely internalize the fact that it must be so bad and so shameful and so like out of bounds, you know, like it's, yeah, anyway, totally good answer. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so back back to the interview, something that I hear a lot from clients around like a block that they um, feel, and you, you sort of touched upon this, but, yeah, I hear, I hear a lot about the guilt, the guilt about prioritising ourselves and our pleasure, um, this socialised, people-pleasing, self-sacrificing shit that us women are, you know, inclined to experience as moms and that gets really amplified like once we become you know a caregiver mother um so I really love some of the reframes that you offer to help people realize that it's not selfish or indulgent to prioritize themselves you know so I'd love to speak about how being a sexually expressive sexually fulfilled and empowered person as a mum can actually have a really positive impact on the children um and that kind of, you know, follows on from what we just, like, you you got silent. So wouldn't it have been fabulous if, you know, even if your mum didn't talk about it so much, just if she had have embodied it and led by example. So I guess my question is um, how do kids benefit from you as a mum prioritising yourself in this way and how do you help mums, like, reframe and change their beliefs um, and values about their right to a pleasure-filled life? Yeah. I feel like it's really about understanding like basic modeling firstly and having a real clear sense of what you what type of home you want to lead and guide. So there's lots of sex negative mm-hmm. culture that we came from and lots of the people listening to this will probably attest to the fact that their homes were possibly quite sex negative, not on purpose, but that could be just from getting messaging Mm. that's not correct or getting no messaging at all, like we've said, but um, going, okay, what kind of household do I want to run and lead? I want something where there's sex positivity, where there's body positivity, where there's pleasure positivity. So that means I need to actually do that for myself. And so that modeling piece is like, a really amazing reframe if you need to feel like you're doing it for someone else like so Mm. many of us do then pop that one in your pipe and smoke it because 
we are doing it for them, <laughs> right? <laughs> because, like, I'm always kind of like, how dare you keep that from them? Like, you, we're continuing to perpetuate um, sex-negative culture by keeping things super separate. And, of course, there is age-appropriate education. Mm. You know, it's not like my, my eight-year-old and my five-year-old get different information and different conversations about things, but if at any point I want to have my own time or space, I say, you know, I'm going to my, my bedroom to take care of myself or to be with myself for a little while and making sure that they've got everything they need and they're taken care of first and being able to go and do that is, like, really amazing for them to see, you know. Um, the same as, like, not pop- mm. popping any. So this thing happened once a couple of years ago where I had one of my um, sex toys, like a big, lovely, enjoy um pleasure wand in my bedroom next to my bed and I went in there and they both had it out and they were playing with it right and in that moment we have a choice to either be like give me that that's not yours put that away how did you get that oh my gosh oh oh nothing to see here and like that weird kind of panic thing (laughs) um which I know it just comes from our own shame and our own like inability to have the language to talk to our kids actually so language is super important like get clear on how you want to talk about these things anyway so instead of doing that I'm like I can be super nonchalant I cannot put my shit into the space with them right and Mm -hmm. I can answer their questions what's this oh it's a massage tool oh cool how do you use it? I'm like, I rub it all over my body and it feels super good and pleasurable and it makes me feel warm and nice and fuzzy. (laughs) And they're like, oh, cool. And then played with it for another three seconds and then put it back. Yeah. Ta-da. Right? Yeah. Um, And I know I'm, yeah, no biggie really for them. It's no biggie. But the choice in that moment is like, for me, do I make it? a panic-stricken moment or, or not. And so I know I make that sound super easy, but that type of frame of mind and being doesn't come, like, overnight. It comes with the work to, like, unpick your conditioning and your narratives and really get clear on what sex positivity means to you. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. It reminds me of um, one of the first episodes I did actually when I first released the potty was um, sex positive parenting and how to create like a shame free environment in the home. And um, yeah, I highly recommend going back and listening to that as well because um, Carlin, who I interviewed, gave a similar example of like, you know, when she was putting in a tampon and her daughter walked in and was like, what are you doing? And she didn't freak out. She just sort of was like, I'm, I'm putting in a tampon, like talked about periods. Um, and yeah, I think like the other thing that I always remind clients is like, you're doing your kids a favor by prioritizing yourself. Like if you are so fucking burnt out and so like completely, like you've lost all of yourself in this role of being a parent, being a wife, whatever, whatever, then one, that's not modeling super well you know not really setting the best example for them but then two you don't have a whole lot of zest and energy and juice left over to be an energized and exciting and happy and fun parent you know like I feel like if you're prioritizing your pleasure and you're getting those needs met then you have a lot more to give because your cup is full yeah so it's not selfish (laughs) it's like strategic 
the dopamine, the serotonin, yeah. the oxytocin, like they all play a role inside of like being the best mama bear you can be. And the kids feel that, you know, when I've been in a well-fucked and well-pleasured mm-hmm. kind of place with myself or in my partnerships, they are like, I'm so much calmer and so much more magnetic and they they benefit from from those hormones in my body. Absolutely. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So on like if we sort of zoom out a little bit, like on a broader scale, why do you feel it's so important to change the narrative around sexual mothers? Um not just for like the family and the, the moms and the kids, but like for the community, for our culture. Yeah, I feel like this is the point where I would just speak about the kind of that awakening and that enlivened um, woman or being actually anybody regardless mm. of gender. When we're awake to the life force inside of us and to uh, our ability to create and to be engaged in um, life, then we are more we're engaged in community in a different way. We can engage with our activism in a different way. We can be awakened and enlivened to world issues and we have the energy and the enthusiasm to just kind of have our eyes wide open to how it is we want to be in the world. How do, mm. who, you know, how do we want to lead? I think a lot of the dampening of our life force and our sexual energy and our pleasure actually comes at the cost of a full dampening of life and a full dampening of spirit and our gifts and our greatness. So, you know, that's a pretty, it's a big link to make and it's one that I stand by quite ferociously because to, to, to numb mm. out, to die down, to dampen, to repress, um, to separate and, and keep our sexuality unintegrated, I believe is not a full and integrated life. Um, and the energy mm. that, that, you can access through really awakening and enlivening these parts of the way you were born, you know, the way that we were meant to kind of be in relationship with ourselves and and our sensations. When we awaken all of that, then so much can change. Yes. That was pretty mic droppy. I'm just going to say that was a very, very articulate, strong, fucking dope little uh, (laughs) little love that. That's why I got you on. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, you know, now that we've covered why it's so fucking important to get all this, um, I want to chat about how to go about that and some strategies. Um, but first, I'm going to attempt this again, this soundbite thing. First, it's time for segment where I ask you for a TMI story because I am rebranding TMI as too much inspiration rather than too much information. Um, Yeah, yeah, I think it's really inspiring and um, empowering to just talk about the taboo and stigmatised shit that no one talks about. So what do you got for it? Oh, you know, it's a few places I could go here and (laughs) I reckon the one for (laughs) me is... Period sex, blood sex. Nice. Yeah, I reckon. Mm -hmm. And actually, you know what, I think that that even arcs over to like a full kind of ownership and enjoyment of blood, sweat, tears, cum, dirt, Mm. mud, grime, grit, like (laughs) all of that. 
and this kind of that wild I think like often when I talk about sex there is this like animalistic and wild kind of rewilding vibe that kind of comes through with it and also it's it doesn't have to be all that. Like you don't have to feel like you're you're kind of diving into your animal self. It's actually just like, well, if there's pleasure to be accessed and potentially even more pleasure and more orgasmicity to be accessed like through blood, um, then, oh, let's have a play with it. Let's have a dance with it. So I feel like there's been so many times where I've opted into having sex on my period and it helps that I have an incredible partner who's just like so up for it and like just loves kind of like nice. going for it and getting amongst of, it getting like fully <laughs> amongst it like and then we'd also do these things <laughs> like amongst it and then we'd also do these things like we mixing <laughs> mixing blood and cum like together and like making like potions and just fully wilding out it's so much fun and there's a real like stripped back um vibe that comes through the body you know it's like Mm. wow Mm. deep reset deep relaxation it can also like shorten the bleed and make it less painful and all of these incredible things so totally yeah that's that's tm that's tmi love that (laughs) (laughs) i mean not not according to my standards i don't really feel like there is such thing but um the the slurping sound effect (laughs) yeah that's where I got it. That's where I hit it. Oh God. Um, yeah, I'm all about all about mixing blood and cum and definitely get around that as well. Have have definitely had sex on my period, been jizzed inside of and then like squatted over a jar and like sort of squirted out the blood and the cum and then like turned it into a face mask, add some clay, add some essential oils, fucking get around. <laughs> yes. Yes. Actually that's a good one. Clay. Totally. So much potential. So much magic. <laughs> Send me a little um, selfie when you've got oh, your face I will. next time I will. and I'll know. Okay. Yeah, you will. Everyone will. I'll put it on Instagram and be like, if you listened to <laughs> Nabia Lounge, you know what this is. If you didn't, <laughs> yeah. go listen now. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I'll post it in the Labia Lounge Facebook group and, um, yeah, it'll be one of those, like, if you know, you know. Um, cool. Well, let's get stuck into some kind of solutions and some, um, you know, give people somewhere to start. So I'd love to know, like, what what's required to move through these blockages that, you know, we've just talked about, like, what are some strategies and some tips? Where do you start with, with mums when you're working with them? Yeah, just sort of lay it on us. Yeah, cool. Excuse this unseemly interruption, my darlings. I must ask a wee little favour of you. I'm shamelessly seeking reviews and five-star ratings for the potty because, as I'm sure you've noticed by now, it's pretty fab, and the more people who get to hear it, the more people it can help. Reviews and ratings make it more likely to get recognized by the algorithmic gods and suggested to other listeners to check out. Plus, they make me feel pretty good and appreciated as I continue to pour my heart and soul into creating this baby for you. 
Now, I promise I don't maz over them or anything like that. I mostly just read them out to Locke with a big grin on my face. And he says something like, see, you're killing it. Proud of you, babe. And then I tuck it away for a rainy day when I'm filled with self-doubt and existential dread about being self-employed. So, you know, doing this really does make a difference and is an easy little act of support that you can take in just a minute or two by either going to Spotify and leaving five stars for the show or writing a written review and leaving five stars over on Apple Podcasts. Or if you're a real overachiever, you can do both. Well, now that would be kind of crazy. Crazy awesome, obviously. Like that would be super ideal. Would love that. If you're writing a review though, just be sure to only use G-rated words because despite the fact that this is a podcast about sexuality and all that good stuff, the platforms censor words like sex and won't actually show your review lame. Anyway, oh, 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 you're going to do it right now while I wait? Oh, yeah. No, no. Awesome. Great. That's like, yeah, great idea. May as well just like quickly click that five-star button before we get on with it and, you know, forget or whatever. I mean, life just kind of gets in the way sometimes. So, I totally agree. It would be best to just do it now while we're talking about it, you know, while, while we're on the topic. Totally, totally, totally. Yep. Oh, Oh, I can feel those five-star reviews rolling in. Mmm, fuck yeah. All right, all right. Well, thank you much, Lee. You're a total gem, and I'll let you get back to the episode now. Love ya. The first part is really just um, owning, like fully owning your desire to to change or to work on this element of, you know, your holistic health um, and Mm-hmm. and putting one foot in front of the other like really gently around you know seeking educators and teachers and guides that you really really connect with and that feel like you know will will get you um and then it's really about firstly looking at some of your mindset and some of the decisions and choices that you've made either consciously or unconsciously about who you are in this space right? So we go back and we have a look at, okay, um, where did this belief first come from? And who first told you that this is the way you need to participate in your sexuality? And, you know, who might you be without that belief? And what narrative do you, what new story do you want to create? You know, which I talk a a bit about in Wild Honey, as you would have read. Um, So yeah, it's really getting clear on where you've been, it's a lot of that kind of looking at and healing your past in order to really step more fully into your future self and into you know, how you want to own and embody your, your sexuality. Um, and then th- through some of that mindset stuff, we get into somatic tools. Um, so really learning to have a new relationship with your breath, with your sound. And actually I'll stop on sound and just speak to this a little bit like when I'm in a coaching space or a group container with people and the sounding piece comes up, it's very, very common for people not to be able to access lots of their authentic sounds in the throat. Now, mm. we know that there are links to the throat and, and the cervix and we know actually that along with this nice girl or good mom or wholesome woman kind of stuff that we sell ourselves, there's also a real closing off of say it how it is, say what you mean, mean what you say, be heard, be felt, um, you know, take up space with your vibrations and all that kind of thing. So I recognise that that's a, a, big, a big piece for a lot of people. But the more we can build new relationships with our breath, our sound, 
our movement, the way that we interact and touch our bodies and um, building new wiring for pleasure, you know. So I guess these are kind of like high-level ideals around, well, what we have to do and then getting into, well, exactly how do I do that? And to be honest, like it would be, it would be kind of irresponsible for me to sit here and say, well, if you just do this, blah, 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 you'll be able to build a new relationship with the way that you move your body. Like it's not necessarily true. Like it takes intentionality, deliberate work and like getting mentors and getting teachers and practising. People often don't realise that this stuff is a daily practice. You don't just turn it on and then decide and then your whole life you know, kind of changes, your whole sexual life changes because you've decided it it will and can. Although some people do experience that. That might be a limiting statement. But, yeah, it takes practice um, to really cultivate new ways of being inside of your sex. Mm, Yeah, as with all of this stuff, hey. Well, I think it's really important, yeah, to note that, like, there is no sort of, like, quick fix or cookie cutter, one-size-fits-all approach or strategy that you can just sort of wheel out for people and then they can go hit the ground running like it it is a daily practice it is something that's quite complex and probably um you know needs to be tailored to each person with the help of a professional or a facilitator and you know you can kind of pick up little bits of resources oh yeah yeah Uh, lots yeah yeah Uh, yeah, love that and um I'm kind of wondering, like, for you, is there is there other days, are there moments, like, where you just can't fucking walk the talk, you know, and you feel like an imposter and you're like, oh, my God, this is my whole jam. I'm coaching women on this and I fucking can't get, get you know, like, get it together at the moment or whatever. That's funny. I mean, you know, I don't know that I would assign, I, I wouldn't use the word imposter. There are days where I'm, like, in that flat place or where I'm like, oh, gosh, where are my tools again? What are my tools again? You know, and I have to really be very deliberate. Um, and part of that, it's all part of it really, isn't it? It's like, oh, no, this is we're cyclical yeah, beings yeah. and there's meant to be ebb and flow. Um, nothing is stagnant. Nothing should be the same, actually. Like day to day I'm different. So it's being able to ride the waves of that ebb and flow without like really getting down on myself and being like cutting myself up about it. So you won't find me doing that. You'll find me getting down and Mm -hmm. reaching for tools but never kind of going after myself. So, um, yeah, and I think really continuing to, yeah, assign myself as like someone who is kind of leading in this realm and like revolutionizing ways in which women interact with their embodiment and their sexuality. Part of that is me actually going, oh, I don't feel like it today. Okay. So what am I choosing? Who can I be? What am I learning? I love that word for myself. What am I learning? Because then anything I'm learning, I'm passing on, you know, um, so yeah, totally. that's, that's such a great question, mm. and so important to for us to remember that it's, it's the cyclical nature of it. No one should be up for it every day, all day. I mean, if you want to, you can be. That's totally great. I shouldn't use the word should, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's okay if you're not. It's so so normal. The fluctuation is beautiful. Totally, and I think that's really important point to note is like 
the one of the most common things that will tend to happen is like we start beating ourselves up, we start feeling like shit, we start shooting ourselves basically. And then the difference between, you know, someone who's sort of on top of this and I don't want to say like a master of it, but, you know, well-versed in this realm such as yourself, um, I have to do it with my work as well. Like the difference is that we still have, it's not like we're just always on and we're always in a great place with it all and we've got like a super high libido and we're just like frothing all the time. We still have the low points and the challenges and, and you know, the lulls, but the difference is we don't beat ourselves up for it. Um, hey, me again. If you'd like to support the potty and you've already given it five stars on whatever platform you're listening on, I want to mention that you can also buy some dope merch from my website and get yourself a labia lounge tote, tea, Togs. Yep, you heard that right. I even have labia lounge bathers. Or a cute fanny pack if that'd blow your hair back. Or if fashion isn't your passion, you can donate to my Buy Me a Coffee donation page, which I actually call Buy Me a Sweet Chai Latte, because I'll be the first to admit I'm a bit of a Melbourne cafe tosser like that. And yes, that is my coffee order. Um, so you can do a once-off donation or an ongoing membership and sponsor me for as little as three fat ones a month. Every bit helps because it's not cheap to put out a sweet podcast into the world every week out of my own pocket. So I will be undyingly grateful if you support me financially in this way. And if you like, I'll even give you a mental BJ with my mind from the lounge itself, which is at this early stage in double L history, just the spare bedroom at my house. <laughs> anyway, I'll pop the links in the show notes. Later. So, um, for me, who's not a parent yet, but you know, I want to have kids one day, I'm already a little bit stressed that my sex life will be the first thing to slip. Um, you know, even despite the fact that like, this is my area of work and passion, um, you know, like sometimes I was just like, I was just talking about, like, sometimes I do struggle to maintain like, um, my desire for sex or my libido if I'm really stressed or I feel busy or overwhelmed um, in other aspects of my life. Like sex is the first thing to go and I have to actively be self-compassionate and accepting and then also actively and consciously make an effort to self-pleasure um, or have sex because, yeah, my libido just disappears and it's and it's not necessarily going to come back on its own sometimes unless I actively work towards it, um, you know, but I still do so with, with like, love and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just don't bother and I'm like, cool, I'm just not going to have sex for, like, a month because, like, seeds and I'm doing other shit and that's okay. And and it's like I, I know I have the tools if I wanted to get back on the horse and like put my energy into that. And so sometimes I do and then sometimes I don't and like that's okay. Um, but I know that, you know, I'm kind of already like, oh, my God, how am I ever going to like – find time and, and energy and feel like having sex once I become a mom. I feel fucking exhausted half the time already and I'm not a mom. So um, for those who aren't mothers yet but will be in the future, is there stuff that we can be doing or putting in place um, before we become mothers that will kind of set us up for when the time comes and safeguard us a little bit from slipping into that like typical sexless, selfless experience of motherhood that can happen if we're not careful? Yeah, I feel like really educating yourself on what actually happens when you're um, growing a baby, what happens hormonally, what happens physically, what happens when you birth bub, what happens when you're breastfeeding, 
like every single system and structure of your body and your being is changing um, in chemical, nutritional, hormonal ways. So, yes, there is going to be a change most of the time, yeah? For like a very small amount of people, there's no change, but really arming yourself on that education, which tells you all about your body. Mm -hmm. And it's also going to help you in things like labor as well, right? To be like fully educated around what's moving through. And then with that information, you can get really um, in line with your expectations of yourself, your expectations of your body and your partnership. So from that place, you can understand already how it is that you might like to be touched or engaged with or interacted with ways in which you would like to be spoken to or respected or revered Mm. in different ways right Mm. there's like this huge grounding and sensitivity Mm. that comes through like after birthing that has us interact with our sexual selves like really differently so understanding her in ways before it happens will help you like stay in connection with her yeah that's what I'd say like for a prep Mm, yeah um and you know I say yeah prep and I say to some (laughs) (laughs) some postpartum mums it's like you don't even need to be worrying about having sex like you might not want to for three six nine months and like so please don't you know a lot of people get this guilt on it's either guilt for doing it or guilt for for not doing it right it's like oh no this my partner really wants it and I feel bad for them I feel bad for them and I'm just like enough with the feeling bad for them when you want it you can edge towards it you know, with grace and slowness and genuine desire, but really kind of getting clear on what's for you and what's mm. for another is is a great tool. Mm. Um, also reframing. Yeah, yeah, the last one I was going to say is refla- reframing what sex actually is to you in those moments where it's like it doesn't necessarily need to be penetration, doesn't need to be generally focused. Um, imagine if sex was actually just like, a bit of um, intimacy like with, with wordplay or with poetry or with song or music or, you know, what if foreplay was like a really beautifully warm chai on the couch and a conversation about something that you haven't had a conversation about for a while, like those really gentle reframes around like what it means to be sexy and engaged with my partner is like that will do you so, so well at the beginnings of motherhood. Yeah. Oh my God. Definitely. Like it's, it's like you were saying at the start of the episode about how something pleasurable or orgasmic or sort of sexual doesn't have to be explicitly sexual or like dick in badge. It can be the sun on your face Mm. or it can be, you know, all sorts of things. And maybe that that's where you start when you've kind of had a baby and, you know, your vag is nowhere near ready and your body is kind of just like, um, fuck no, I don't want any more demands on me right now. Like that's not really where I'm at, but you can just enjoy the chai and you can enjoy the conversations or you can read some erotica or you can just slowly ease your way back in with all of these other, um, sort of avenues and just learn to enjoy pleasure for pleasure, you know, and then eventually it will be this gradual, um, yeah, like, yeah. Anyway, beautiful. Love this. Um, yeah. So I guess there's also just the relationship stuff as well. 
you know, like making sure that you and your partner are on the same page and there's you're communicating well and you've got good tools because that, that changes. Like there's <laughs> that's mm. another big place where you're like, oh, oh, gosh, we are not who we were before. Right, right, I see. Um, yeah. It's a whole other podcast we yeah, could do on that. Totally. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that should be a whole other episode. I was just going to yeah. say. Cool. So I reckon we'll leave it there. Do you have any kind of parting words or messages just to reassure listeners that, you know, they're not broken, they're not alone? Um, I generally want to just send people off with a message of hope. <laughs> yes. No, of course, there's plenty. I mean, the very fact that you're listening to this is like you're miles and miles ahead and you're like obviously engaging in education and inspiration that is going to light up the parts of you that, yeah, wants to keep learning and wants to keep experiencing new versions mm. of your, your sexual self. So that's like mm. huge. And I know so many people feel broken or feel totally numb or like there's no going back and they can't find what feels good. And I'm telling you, if you keep going, if you understand that actually numbness is a sensation too and you are alive, your heart is beating, and so if you want this, you can do it. You can find things that will activate and lubricate and expand and open you. They're all around you, you know. Um, yeah, touch. Like I want to remind women to to touch and engage with their bodies in ways that, you know, feel good, mm. ways that feel soft, ways that feel gentle and opening. You know, things like mm. breast, breast massage, belly massage, um, you know, quality like products, soft fabrics, beautiful candles, like you're worth it, treat yourself, mm. you can do it, you belong here, mm. let's roll, let's glow. Yeah. Oh, so lush. Love that. Thank you. Beautiful. Well, I'm going to pop all your links in the show notes. I'll just, you know, you can jump down below the episode and find those. I'll also um, put any offerings that the Orgasmic Mama has in the Labia Lounge Facebook group. Um, but, yeah, I would highly recommend just, like, at the very least, jumping on Instagram, following, yeah, Tamika's socials because there's so much value and just awesome, like, relatable, funny content just coming at you all the time. Um, so highly worth it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so thanks so much for joining me in the lounge, my dear. I'll chat with you soon. Chat with you Bye. soon. Bye. And that's it, darling hearts. Thank you for stopping by the Labia Lounge. Your bum groove in the couch will be right where you left it, just waiting for you to sink back in for some more double L action next time. And in the meantime, if you'd be a dear and subscribe, share this episode, or leave a review on iTunes, then you can pat yourself on the snatch because that, my dear, is a downright act of sex-positive feminist activism. And you'd be supporting my vision to educate, empower, demystify, and destigmatize with this here podcast. Also, I'm always open to feedback, topic ideas that you'd love to hear covered, or guest suggestions. So feel free to get in touch via my website at freyograph.com or say hey over on Insta. My handle is Freya underscore graph underscore YMT, and I seriously hope you're following me on there. <laughs> 
because damn, we have fun. We have fun. Anyway, later labial legends. I'll see you next time.